Chapter 8 I feel a sense of accomplishment at having successfully stuffed the Winchester brothers. Earlier in the day, after Dean had his way with me in the storage room, the preparation for my bunker sleepover when I'd gotten home from work had sent my head swimming. An ocean of thoughts filled my mind, pulled me back and forth by an unpredictable tide. My body tingled with excitement. Phantom flicks and fucks by Dean's fingers were partially to blame. I packed a few necessities and change of clothes into one of my huge purses. I grabbed Tupperware containing a dozen meatballs out of the freezer and a carton of spaghetti from the pantry. In case the veggie lasagna turned out horrid, and because I wanted to make Dean happy. That thought stopped me in my tracks in the middle of my kitchen. I wondered what made him happy. Truly happy. That easygoing smile covered up much. That was not a huge leap of ascertainment. I had figured that out early on. Usually, those who made it seem like nothing bothers them were the ones holding on to a ton of grievances in secret. Like a dragon sitting in the darkness with golden treasure. Hoarding. Heating. Hiding whether they put it upon themselves or had it thrust upon them. Aside from that easygoing smile and his ability to stutter me into silence with a mere glance, I think that's another reason I was so attracted to this man from the start. He tried as hard as I did to make it seem like everything was fine, deep down, until maybe even he believed it, like I did. Now, hours later, I know for certain I made Dean Winchester happy. Not truly happy, but I'll take what I can get. He's refused my attempt at actually cleaning the baking pan or pots or the rest of the dishes after dinner. He's rolled up the sleeves of a burgundy button-up to his elbows. His hands are up to his wrists in sudsy water in the stainless steel sink in the bunker's kitchen. A tiny apron tied around his waist is doing little to protect him from the splashes and potential food stains. He scrubs and hums, then he bellows, Sammy, these dishes ain't going to dry themselves. He somehow knows I have risen an inch from the bench at the kitchen table, ready to grab a towel and assist. Stay right there, Winter. He doesn't turn his head to look at me. His voice freezes me in place. I shiver at the soft force behind his words. I marvel at the width of his back and the sturdiness of his shoulders. My cheeks warm at the ache he causes deep inside. Sam marches in, laptop perched onto a forearm as a finger glides over the trackpad. I was checking on the next time Scale Warriors is having a group meeting. Figure that's the best time for us to go. He places the computer on the kitchen table, shoots me a quick smile in passing, then darts around the steel counter to begin the job of drying. After this meal, I'll have a few pounds to lose. Dean chuckles. The way Dean eats has me wondering if he might have a tapeworm or a metabolism comparative to a hummingbird's. Because the body I saw the other night is not humanly possible from the way he eats. It's within the realm of possibility that Dean is, in fact, not human. Wouldn't be the craziest thing I've learned over the course of this past week. And yet, here I sit, not the least bit in a hurry to run out of the bunker, screaming. I swing a leg out and sit astride the bench. You two are kidding, right? I ask. Dean and Sam look over at me. The water runs. Dean holds a scouring pad. A towel wraps up a plate in Sam's enormous hands. You are not going to fit in at one of those meetings. They eye each other up and down. 
Sam speaks first. She's probably right. I mean, Dean, you might. Dean stares at Sam with a death glare. Either one of you will draw too much attention. I offer Sam some assistance. Dean shoots me a smile before he returns to washing and mumbles to Sam. I make out the tail end. Join that chastity group. What if I went? The water turns off at my question. Dean rotates in slow motion. His eyes sear into me. I hear a throat clear. It's Sam. What? He asks. I shrug. What if I went? Scope out the group. I fit the most common demographic. No one would suspect a thing. Dean is about to open his mouth when Sam pipes up. She's got a point. It's Sam's turn to feel the wrath of Dean's gaze. We're not using her as bait. I straighten. Who said anything about bait? You're as green as Kentucky bluegrass, Winner. What else would you be but bait for Count Dracula? He turns back to the sink. Discussion done. The water starts up. He points to Sam. Dry. I've made Dean unhappy. And yet, that doesn't stop me from continuing the discussion, even if it's just with myself. I make a point of throwing my voice louder over the rush of water. By green, you mean not well-versed in monster lore or weight loss? Or both? Dean scrubs with a ferocity that shakes his entire right arm. Sam shifts from one foot to another. He looks mildly amused as he stacks dried items on the counter. I'm a great observer. I take copious mental notes. And I can take care of myself. Condescending for you to immediately think of me as bait. Dean's hands flop into the water. I'm not being condescending. A deep inhale makes his shoulders arch back and his head tip up. It's not safe, that's all. Better you keep that cute little nose stuck in a book than stick your pretty little neck out for us. He's back to washing. His stabs at flattery quiet me but only for a second. Well, the offer stands. If you change your mind, I rise from the bench. Speaking of books, Sam, would it be all right if I explored the library, since I'm not needed here at the moment? Of course, he smiles. I catch Dean's profile leaning in my direction as I leave the kitchen. His jaw is clenched. He looks pissed. And fucking sexy as hell. God damn it. Chapter 9. Dean has a rival for my attention. It's the Men of Letters Library. The stack of vampiric volumes I'm interested in has grown on one of the library tables. I appreciated the digital facts and figures Sam had sent over for me to digest days ago, but the tactile feel of delicate and dried paper in a century-old book cannot be replicated by a downloaded attachment. The creak of a worn spine sounds like the hair of a bow sweeping along violin strings. I dance the pads of my fingers along a cover's embossing. I'm down and up and down and up again, traveling from seat to shelf, trading one partner for another, unable to choose which one I want to spend more time with. I'm burrowed in the details of fang mechanics when the throat clearing turns my head from the pages. Dean steps into the library. His apron's gone. I marvel at the cowboy stride with those bow legs you could toss a football through. As good as he looks in a suit, a 
authoritatively and administratively arousing. There's something magical about how effortless he embodies handsome in denim and flannel. I remind myself I've had sex with this man. If I'm on good behavior, I'll have sex with him again soon. He drags a finger along another table on his way toward me. Hiding from me? His brow cocks. I wonder if a little bad behavior might get me closer to the goalpost. Not hiding if I told you where I was going to be. Hmm. He purses his lips. He pauses at the side of the table I've claimed and stands catty corner from my seated frame. Both of his hands grip the edge and lean over the surface. I get the feeling he's holding back from saying something sassy in return, channeling the glib into energy spurring his fingers into motion. I decide to push for the hell of it. After all, he drove me crazy with those fingers earlier today, and he was the one that urged me to stay the night. I stare up at that face that has launched many lascivious thoughts. You know, just taking your suggestion and sticking my nose in a book. His lips widen at the sarcasm. He nods to the pile. Many books. Planning on reading the entire library tonight? Maybe. Since I can't be trusted to be around a vampire, this is the closest I'll get. I break eye contact and go back to examining the dental diagram. He sighs. His body readjusts to sit on the edge of the table. One denim-covered ass cheek and muscled thigh is inches away from my hand. I feel the itch under my skin to stroke any part of him within easy reach. I never said you couldn't be trusted. You called me green. Because you are. I tilt my head back up. He's grinning at me. Sexy bastard is getting a kick out of this. I'll have you know I'm pretty darn ripe. My statement garners a confused expression from him. God damn it. That vacant, lost look is even arousing. How? Those things should inherently not go together. I line up my thoughts to clarify, though part of me wants to explore that little boy lost act of his longer. Ripe in terms of maturity and experience. I'm all red. That gets a chuckle. Green is not my color, I add. Hasn't been for a long time. Well, except for Dean's green eyes. Oh, really? When's the last time you decapitated a vamp? He's got me there. Winner, I don't want to put you in harm's way. You helping us runs the risk of that. His palm rests on my wrist. Last thing I want to do is hurt Ricky's mom. I blink a few times and tingle at his touch. You haven't even met Ricky. Exactly. First time shouldn't be in an ER or... His voice trails off. He's squeezing my wrist now. You're important to a lot of people. Silly for you to get involved in something like this. All of those people murdered were all important to a lot of people. Isn't that why you do what you do? To stop it from happening to anyone else? Yes, that's why I do it. That's why Sam does it. Not you. In that moment, he embodies my long-lost husband, Rick the Hero. It's that similarity that had me pine more for him in addition to the obvious laws of attraction. I remember my brother Tommy's tale years ago, how Sam and Dean had saved his baby girl, Talia. She'd only been five at the time. 
The Winchester brothers hadn't even gotten their foot in the front door of Tommy's newly bought house when they'd heard the screams from the ramshackle shed. Before Tommy knew what was happening, the brothers ran to the cries in the backyard. Dean peered through the grimy window, slammed his body into the door once, then yelled for the little girl inside to close her eyes and get against the wall. The shed door splintered on its hinges and gave in on his second try. He rushed in. Sam followed with iron rebar in his clutches. Dean emerged from the darkness with Talia in his arms. They'd taken care of the death echo a couple hours later all those years ago, and I would have bought Dean all the scotch he wanted in thanks that night for saving my niece and digging my brother out of potential monetary ruin. I now wish I hadn't been so gun-shy after Lou back then. It had been a year since the divorce. I wish I'd seen that Dean's usual flirting had meant something more. I could have had years of this man by now. Or perhaps we'd have fizzled out like a faulty match back then. Maybe everything happens for a reason. And maybe that's why I'm staring up at this beautiful man now, lost in my own thoughts. Trying to reconcile all these facets of him that I don't quite know yet. Excited to find out how each one sparkles and shines when the light catches them, exposing his brilliance to me. You still with me, Winner? A soft smile follows his question. My brain slams back into the present conversation and I nod. You heard Sam earlier. Whoever's doing this seems to have a routine feeding pattern. The bodies of the victims have been found, dumped, about three weeks after they go missing. And then another one goes poof about a week later. I close the book I've been reading. A body turned up three days ago. You've got a few days, tops, before someone else gets turned into vampire takeout. Dean's face turns to steel. Dean, I can be useful. He shakes his head, but I can tell it's not for me this time. This kind of shit shouldn't be happening right under our noses. So close to home. We've been distracted by some bigger baddies, but that's no excuse to have missed this. Hey, I bring my other hand to rest on his, sandwiching his warm skin between mine. You can't do it all. No one can. I learned that trying to be everything for Ricky. You need support, and you need to be willing to ask for it. Winner, what happened to just having a little fun? He smirks. You two were the ones that asked for my help to begin with on this thing. It's all your fault. I smile. Eh, it was Sam's idea to get your input. Remind me to smack him later. I raise an eyebrow. What if you smack me later instead? He grins. You into a little kink, Samantha? I gasp. First name? Trying it out. He shrugs. You're avoiding the question. I'm not. You seem like you might need to blow off some steam is all. All that angry dishwashing earlier, and now the smack talk. A sigh escapes his perfect lips. He stands up and slides his hand out of mine. Do you want the full tour? Then we have a little fun? Yes, please, to both. After you. He waves a hand in the hall direction. I get up from my seat. As soon as I'm two steps in front of him, I feel the stinging thwack of his solid palm on my ass cheek. Heat rises to my face. 
I turned to see a naughty grin. Just taking your suggestion. The door ends in his bedroom. My bag rests on a chair with worn spindles by a tiny desk. I'm delighted that he didn't even bother to ask if I'd want to stay in the dozen other bedrooms in this fortress. The thought that he invited me in to share his space quickens my pulse. Again, I feel like a 16-year-old with this man. I've gotten an eyeful and narrated history on this tour. Dean's pointed at inventions by the original men of letters, laced with witchcraft spells or god-level power, like a bored tour guide at the local history museum in Topeka. The bunker is an amazing marvel of decades-old technology. Most of it's been tweaked and finessed into the 21st century by an IT wonder woman named Charlie Bradbury. Her name rolls off Dean's tongue, but as soon as it's released, I see his face ripple. Willing back a mix of emotions looks like it pains him. He reverts course, talks about the duty of the men that stationed themselves in this place so long ago. A wealth of knowledge stored and protected here, meant to keep the world safe from monsters by a secret society. The Winchesters are legacies, carrying on the mission of the Men of Letters, aided by a network of hunters across the country. There are others like them all over the world, but I get a sneaking suspicion the Winchester brothers aren't only legacies. I think they may be legendary. And this legendary Winchester has been teasing and flirting during the entire tour. He encouraged me to sit on one of the motorcycles in the enormous underground garage that has its own bat cave entrance, only to slide into the seat behind me, scooting my body forward. The warmth of his chest presses against my back through his flannel and my tunic. Hands run over mine to grip the chrome handles, and it took him quite a long time to situate with a tremendous amount of running in between the cheeks of my ass. Low, intent whispers tickle my ear. He can't wait to take me for a ride again. He chuckles, delighted at his innuendo. His voice ticks off all the cars and their specks on either side of us, discussing how fun it would be to take me for a ride in each of them. The exact type of ride is left up to my imagination. But somehow he held back in the garage, only to start up again in the shooting range. The narrow room contained gray walls and three lanes of target practice. I reminded him that I'd been taught to shoot by my dad back when I was 12. His brow shot up. He pulled a gun out of one of the wall cases and offered it. Wanted to see what I could do. I made the very adult observation that ear protection would be needed in the enclosed space. He sighed with a curvy smile that showed off his pearly whites and found a pair of mufflers for us. Take my time to align my focus down the sight, then pump the trigger. I fire off four rounds, pretty certain of the result even before the last one left the chamber. I drop the gun to my side and thumb the safety. Dean whistles. The sound echoes into my right ear canal. Damn, winner. His palms stroke my hips as he leans into me again from behind. Nice work. I gasp at the growing erection nudging into the base of my spine. But, somehow, he held back in the shooting range. With the promise of showing me their dungeon another time, he led the way to the residential halls. And now, we're in his bedroom. Well, I am at least. He opened the door and ushers with a tip of his hand for me to step inside. 
he leans against the doorframe and gives me time. The room is functional. Mere brick and concrete walls with none of the decorative gilding and austerity of the library and other areas of the bunker. There are guns within easy reach on the walls, even above the wooden headboard. A dresser and some nightstands with drawers to hide things away are close to the bed. A television and record player provides entertainment. There's even a sink and mirror to freshen up and make one presentable. Like Dean needs anything to make him presentable. All the necessities a hunter needs, apparently. Dean does not seem to be one for excess. Well, except for food that will clog arteries. I notice a stash of candy and alcohol on a small side table with another chair by the door. At least now I know they have a gym here where Dean does spend time exercising. That explains the amazing physique despite the horrid diet. My gaze rakes over the room for a long time, taking in little details. The made bed that meets military standards. Yep, he definitely likes licorice. Under a pile of file folders peeks the cover of what I think is a porn mag, with a title that begins with Busty. What else could it be? The room smells of him. There's layers of various colognes, greasy food, apples, cinnamon, sweat, gunpowder, leather, whiskey, beer, arousal. It's all of him, concentrated and contained in these four walls. I think I might like to stay in here with him for an indefinite period of time. The door creaks shut. I hear the footfalls of boots behind me. I think I might get my wish. It's not as warm and cozy as your place. I glance over my shoulder. If you behave yourself, maybe I'll invite you over so you can confirm that. Crossed arms make his biceps pop out on full display. Guess I'm not getting an invite then. He licks his lips. Because I have no intention of behaving. I turn to face him. I can do this, I rationalize in my head. I can stand my ground with this man. I cross my arms in return. His arms drop. Fists clench at his sides. Veins rise to the surface on his forearms. The sleeves are still rolled up from his dishwashing earlier. About a dozen times tonight, I kept thinking you'd spin on your heels and I'd see that sweet ass run as far away from me as possible. I could have done that the first time I visited. Or when you told me there were vampires. Or when I learned that ghosts were real. He shakes his head and relaxes, palms rubbing his thighs now. A smile dances over his lips. What the hell's wrong with you, Winner? Loaded question. That would need all the whiskey to explain. He's quick. Before I can process it, his whole entire body has invaded my personal space. He wraps me up in those safe arms, palms molded along the curves of my ass. I've got a lot of whiskey. I smell the beer on his breath. You. His eyes widen at the one word leaving my mouth. I sigh. Simple answer. You are what the hell is wrong with me, Winchester. I can tell he's delighted by my response. That cocky smile returns. Then, his face dips and he traces kisses down my neck. I've got to hold onto something or I'm going to melt onto the floor. The short strands of hair atop his head are the first thing I think of to grab. He growls into my skin. 
His fingers pull at the long tunic. It's almost as if he's helping to hold me up, grabbing handfuls of my backside covered in tight black leggings. That's what I think at first, until I feel a stinging smack of his hand making contact with a cheek. God damn it. I gasp at the strength and the thrill. You're too sweet to punish. He's massaging the spot now, mumbling into my collarbone. Unless that's what you want, sweetheart. I... I haven't. His mouth cuts off my statement. Bruising kisses tip my head back, pull me even more off balance. He just knows. I know he knows. No one's ever even tried that kind of stuff with me before. He gasps out of a kiss, staring me down. You're going to make me think that's what you want, pulling my hair out by the roots. I realize I've locked onto his head like it's the safety bar on a roller coaster ride. I'm warm all over, but he's hotter than anything I've felt in a long time. Sorry. I relax my hold and shimmy my hands down to his shoulders. The tip of his nose bumps mine. It's all right. A little pain with pleasure is never bad, but I like to avoid bodily injury if possible. The giggle coming out of me sounds like a teenager. He engulfs the sounds with his mouth again, overpowering with soft moans that shoot pulses straight to the core of my arousal. He's tugging with persistence at the fabric of my top, meeting resistance. I lift up my arms over my head, and he's whipped it off in a flash. Kisses and more kisses. He works the buttons of my shirt. His knuckles brush along my skin, the cups of my bra, the tummy I wish was more toned. I open my eyes and watch him shed the layer over those massive shoulders, letting me revel in the sight of his chest. Not as long as I'd like before he's unclasped my bra and pulled it off. The way his eyes take me in and light up might be one of my favorite things. He twirls me. He's sitting on the edge of the bed, bow legs wide, so I slot in between as I stand, staring up at me again. Up. An encouraging hand behind my knee ushers me to climb onto his lap. First one leg, then another, to sit astride those thighs. An arm wraps around, a shirt clasp at the side of my waist. Then that mouth starts doing obscene things. The tongue flicks with precision at my nipple. I'm biting back moans at the nips and bites at how diligent and hellbent he is to suckle me into unconsciousness. When his hand starts to work my other breast at the same time, I've legit forgotten my own name for a few seconds. His lashes, long enough to bat against my skin, flutter in response to the gasps and groans he pulls from me. And when his own moans ripple along the wet trail of flesh, I hold him closer. I'm careful this time and latch onto his neck instead. I'm on autopilot and grind into the hard bulge covered in denim. A stiff seam works into the folds, and I have it hit the spot that makes me jerk in delight. I'm in no hurry to have him stop. I don't know how long he lavishes my breast with attention before a hand sneaks under the waistband of my leggings. The burn of my thighs straddling him and the muscle aches in my near future are small prices to pay to hear him rasp out, God, so fucking wet, into my skin. A high-pitched noise I didn't know I was capable of making ekes out of my throat when he slides two fingers inside and continues to suck. 
His thumb finds my clit, and he's replaying what he knows worked in the storage closet that afternoon. But it's slower this time, making me build up toward an eruption. I do my best to center and focus and enjoy all that he's doing. I grin with pride when the keggles I'm doing around his fingers make him pop my tit out of his mouth to stare up at me. Gonna do that when my cock is in you? He grins back. I'll give it the old college try. He groans, pulls out those fingers, then wrestles me onto the mattress. My back flops onto the soft give. His body slinks back to standing and peels my leggings and underwear and socks off with his retreat. He's come prepared and snatches a condom out of his jean pocket. I'm up on elbows to watch the show, blissfully unaware at how on display I am for him. Thumps from discarded boots and a swish of denim, and the man is naked and gloriously erect. God damn it, I blurt out. He chuckles and gets the latex over his cock, then crawls back over me. My legs open in acceptance, relishing the weight nestled against my hips. He's there, so very close. His gaze travels over my face, eventually locking eyes with me. He's careful, resting on forearms, so he doesn't suffocate me with his body. But I don't think I'd mind leaving this world that way, to be honest. I'm gliding my fingers along the crease of his spine, inching my way up to eventually rest on his shoulder blades. The undulations of muscle and his temperature could lull me to sleep under other circumstances. He wiggles and searches, presses and prods, not using his hand to guide himself in, taking his time. He fumbles a few times and oopsies when he comes close to another entrance I am certainly not ready to try, at least not tonight. But then he's found it and forces the tip inside and it doesn't take long for him to slide home with how ready he has me. The headboard starts a steady, slow, rhythmic knocking against the wall. Dean grins. Gonna be a long night, Winner. Chapter 10. I could get used to this chest. I didn't have the chance to indulge in resting on it for very long the first time we had sex. The afterglow had been disrupted by a call from Sam that night at the motel. But now, now I'm tracing the curves and indentations of his rose gold form with the pads of my fingers. My body presses into the flesh, buoyed up by his deep inhales and the swell of pectoral muscles. My cheek rests on a tribal-like tattoo that has some obvious religious meaning. I'll ask him when he wakes up. Truth is, I want to find any excuse to listen to that voice when I'm wrapped up in him. Its deep vibration against my skin makes my body ache. I want to find a way to crawl inside him and be enveloped by the waves of that voice. Of course, Every part of my body is pulsing and pleasantly aching from him. His light snores woke me from a not-so-restful sleep. The twitches of his fingers, clutching at my forearm, kept pulling me out of my slumber. It's been years since I've shared a bed and slept with someone. 
I can't tell what time it is from the lack of windows in this room that reminds me more and more of an underground cell. One thing Dean was right about. It's been a long night. He'd pushed and cajoled me to the brink and eased off on the gas countless times. This man has some unbelievable stamina. I'm again rethinking that he may not be entirely human. He does this thing with his hips. He rotates and wiggles and pushes in deep. So deep. Slow. Deliberate. He found a spot that made me curse and grab fistfuls of sheets. He found it again. And again. He grinned at me like a schoolboy. The kind of schoolboy that would have tugged on my ponytail just to get a reaction. Any reaction. He finally made me come. Had me begging for it. Then, he teased, heavy breathing and winded. He asked if my geriatric ass would be able to ride him, take him for a spin, and show him how the older, wiser generation used to do things. God damn it. It's one thing to be under Dean Winchester. It's a whole other rodeo having him under me. Literally. His fingers clutch at me a little tighter. I realize the snores have stopped. You awake, Winner? He whispers. Yeah. Need something? Water? Pee break? He chuckles. I can show you where the bathroom is again, if you don't quite have your bearings yet. I laugh back. Maybe in a bit. I want to listen to that voice some more. So close. Rumbling into my flesh. I tap on his chest near my cheek. What's this all about? Hmm? It takes him a second. Oh, anti-possession tattoo. Protection against demons. Oh, right. Silly me for not knowing that. I keep forgetting you don't have all this knowledge filed away in that memory bank of yours. His lips sweep over the top of my head, against my hair. I feel his nose press into the crown and inhale. Would be nice to have a download and install option for all that stuff. His lips are curling up now into a smile. I can feel that, too. Might be able to arrange something. Cass could assist. Nah, so there's more to Cass, too. How about we leave that on the table for another time? Absolutely. What time is it? He's shifting under me. Uh, five, I think? I sigh. Work day for me, Winchester. I should probably get up soon. His arms hold me tighter. What if I don't want you to? You'll be the one that has to explain to my boss why I won't be in then. Would have no problem with that. I realize the truth to those words. I'm not ready to have my co-workers gossiping about us. Don't you have plans to make? Vamp stakeout today, right? I lean up and make the mistake of looking into those eyes. A yellow halo of light from the nightstand lamp captures every facet of his face. His heavy lids bat at me slow. Those flirty, light brown lashes curl and cajole with a wispy come hither. I falter, forgetting what I was going on about. He tilts his head and studies me. Yeah, Sam said there's a group meeting tonight at Scale Warriors. You gonna be available to go? Starts at 6.30. What? He pulls up to a sitting position, dragging me along with him to rest on his side. There's a long sigh. Fingers tug my chin up to look at him again. You were right. 
I'm smiling at how difficult it is for him to state those three words. Don't get smug about it. He releases another sigh. You're fully capable of taking care of yourself. He lifts a finger. As long as you realize, Sam and I will be nearby, watching your every move. So, no funny business or going off script. Understand? My heart is racing, full of adrenaline. This is... this is awesome. Yep. My heart races again. This time it's the feel of his hands cupping my jaw, pulling me up to taste those lips. He breathes words into my mouth between kisses. I mean it. You've got to follow what I tell you down to the letter. Got me? Mm-hmm. I respond. His tongue dips in to explore. First order of business. He pulls back to stare at me. You're going to be late for work. <laughs>